I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. The final horn has sounded. That'll do it. And it's time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim LaCoe. Jazz postgame, Jake Scott, coach, Tim Lacombe, Jazz ball tonight to the Blazers, 127 to 115. We'll get you downstairs to hear from Coach Hardy coming up momentarily. Jazz got 40 points, his third 40-point game of the year from Lowry Markinen. Uh, 14 of 23 shooting, 4 of 12 from 3. He also had 12 rebounds, but uh, did not get a ton from the rest of the squad tonight, Coach. And uh, Portland, their whole team played well for the most part. Uh, let's see, four out of their five starters had at least 20 points, led by Lillard, who had 30. Sharp had 24. Uh, Watford had 21. And Nurkic with 20. Not to mention Knox with 10 coming in off the bench and Reddish with 11. So Portland obviously played their best game that they've played in a while, breaking a six-game losing streak. But the Jazz got a great game from Lowry, and uh, everybody else struggled a little bit. Yeah, I thought that, uh, like Ron and David said, I thought Portland really came prepared for the zone. And uh, the Jazz had great success with the zone and really were able to uh, have you know a, a great amount of, of energy in it. Uh, but that tonight, I thought Portland countered that with really good preparation. Let's go downstairs and hear from uh, Jazz head coach Will Hardy. We did not do a good enough job protecting the basket. They had 62 points in the paint. I understand some of those are floaters, but not as many as you think. Um, we just didn't do a very good job keeping the ball out of the middle of the court. Um, you know, whether we're in man, zone, um, a lot of the concepts are, are trying to take away that pass to the nail. And I just thought we were late the whole night trying to keep the ball from getting there. Um, we looked a step slow kind of on everything defensively tonight. And they made some timely threes. They didn't. They shot 31, 32% from three. So they made some timely threes, which didn't feel good. But I think in some ways... You know, we overreacted to those and got too spread out. Um, you know, a formula for us defensively the last couple of games has been trying to really eliminate the basket as a team, have the other team take a lot of hard contested threes with hands coming at them late. And I just don't think we did a very good job protecting the basket. And then obviously on the offensive end, 17 turnovers. Um, you know, we talked pregame about our offense had taken a jump and a large part of that was we took care of the ball and tonight we didn't. Um, decisions were made late, just sloppy passing. Um, our spacing was just okay, but um, you know, this is this is the NBA. Like there's nights where your team can be kind of a step behind, a step slow. Um, we went to some different lineups to see if we could find a spark, but um, you know, we we were just a little bit late defensively, and so not protecting the basket, getting in the bonus early, um, 
you know, Dame ends up shooting 14 free throws because of it. It's a that's a recipe to lose a game. So um, you know we'll go back and look at the film as a team and try to figure out ways we can improve defensively, in particular, um, trying to maintain that focus on protecting the basket, and offensively, you know, continuing to just hammer home the the points about our spacing and our decision making. Like we have to get off the ball early. We had way too many late passes tonight. Um, you know, and if you have 17 turnovers in an NBA game, it's hard to win. When Taylor uh, picked up his fourth foul like in the second quarter, you went to Ochai as like kind of the de facto point guard for a few minutes. What did you think of that stretch of play and then his performance there? I thought that stretch was fine. It was only you know two minutes maybe, but um, you know they they haven't shown a ton of like full court pressure um, picking up the point guard and just felt at that time putting a little bit of a bigger lineup out there. Um, Chris had played a good amount in the first half already. So Ochai bringing the ball up and getting us into to kind of our open spacing and getting the ball moving for us, I thought he did a good job. Um, you know, obviously when that lineup's out there, we have tremendous size on the court. Um, you know, I'm not sure that's something that we're going to go to a ton in the future, but... You know, it's a, it's definitely something that we've we've thought about a little bit, um, depending on who we're playing. If teams aren't really going to pressure the point guard much, you can use Ochai to initiate offense. There's even a world where you could have Kelly bring the ball up the floor if he's guarded by a big. Um, so that's all stuff that we're we're thinking about. Um, you know, while Collins out with Chris and Talon. On the roster, you know, last game we had some foul trouble as well where we, we got a little bit lucky that neither of them kind of went over the line um, or, excuse me, that both of them didn't go over the line. We were able to to survive, but there could be moments where they're both in foul trouble um, and we're going to have to do something different. Um, I know that he finished the game, but um, there were several times where, you know, Lowry was, you know, rubbing his wrist or kind of flexing his hand, flexing the wrist. Is it the worst for wear after tonight, or is it something that you guys have to kind of gouge over the next few hours or days? Yeah, we'll we'll have him looked at by our medical team. Um, like anything, you know, they talked to him during the game, and he said he was okay. But when your body cools down and he wakes up tomorrow, it could be a different story. But um, you know, Lowry takes a beating. He plays a physical game. Um, took a couple hard falls at this point in the season I think any top player in the league is beat up um, I mean shoot they're all beat up at this point um, so they're it, it's a physical sport and we've played a a bunch of games now um, you know 72 of them so he'll, he'll get looked at tomorrow and it'll be a day-to-day -day thing you know just kind of monitoring his body um, but in the game he he was holding it, but he said he was okay and wanted to, to keep going and see if we made a little run there. But, um, again, we'll know way more tomorrow. Did you feel like Kelly was playing passively on the offensive end tonight or maybe that he passed up looks that you wanted him to go for? Yeah, I, I don't think that Kelly really plays – I get your point. I don't think that Kelly really plays passive. Yeah. But there are moments where he has rhythm threes that he can take – um, you know, when he ball fakes and they don't go for it, their defense kind of settles back down and we've lost the advantage. So, um, you know, we we have a lot of trust in Kelly. I have a lot of trust in Kelly and his decision-making. 
Um, I would say he's made far more good decisions this season than bad. And tonight was just a night where, you know, they did a good job staying down on his shot fake. And, um, you know, it, it ended up being a tough night to kind of get some rhythm because of that for him. But, you know, I believe in Kelly's shooting. I think he's a good shooter. And when he does have open rhythm ones like anybody on our team, you know, we encourage you to take him because over the course of 24 seconds, you know, that shot clock is pretty short and there usually aren't two great shots that you can find in 24 seconds. If you get a great one, you got to take it. About cutting the ball off from that middle pass, is it about the guys kind of doubling or Dame or kind of sending the help, or is it about the three other guys on the back side? It's the three other people. Okay. Um, we need to do a better job of making the ball go out to the perimeter when we double team. Um, that gives your defense a chance to kind of build out from the basket again. When the ball gets into the middle of the court, it's hard. You know, you have Nurkic playing one-on-one in a small space. Um, you also allow their cutters to really be free on the weak side because um, now you have two defenders that are completely out of the play. If the ball gets past to the perimeter, those guys have a chance to get back in on the weak side. So. Um, it's something we've been working on a lot. I, I thought we did a much better job of it against Boston. Um, we didn't double team quite as much against Sacramento, and so it wasn't um, as much of an emphasis in that game, you know, putting two on the ball. Um, but it's something we worked on yesterday in practice and this morning. And, um, you know, credit to Portland. Like, they did a good job. Dame did a great job of getting off the ball quickly. Like, when I talk about decision-making with our team, like, Getting off it early like he did puts the other puts the defense in a, in a tough spot. So you know he gets a lot of credit for making those early plays uh, to get the ball into the middle of the floor. Go a little bigger picture. Chris Dunn's shooting numbers are way up from what he'd done in the NBA. Can you explain why that is and how sustainable that might or might not be? Yeah, Chris has worked very hard on his shooting. Um, I think. One thing that I love about Chris in particular from the three-point line, like he takes obvious ones. He takes good ones. Anybody that wants their shooting percentage to go up, my recommendation would be shoot good shots. Um, And Chris has done a good job of, you know, attacking the paint, not settling for threes. But when he does get ones off of rotation, swing, swing, and he's open, like he's on balance, and he's done a really good job working on his his three. How sustainable is it? Um, That's a great question. I would say that Chris is for sure a better shooter now than he was before. Is he a 43% three-point shooter? That remains to be seen. But I think if he continues to take the quality of three that he's taking now, I've been around Chris now for a little bit, and like when he gets his feet set and he's in rhythm, I believe in it. Um, I'm not sure that he's ever going to be a guy that's like flying around off screens, shooting pressured threes, but when he's open and has his feet set, I believe in him. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right, there you go. That is Jazz head coach Will Hardy as the Jazz come up uh, a little bit short against the Blazers tonight, 127 to 115. He talked about uh, Coach Combs, um, Lowry marketing, getting banged up a little bit, took a a hard flagrant foul in the fourth quarter, still finished the game, shot the free throws. But, uh, you know, they're going to be cautious with his health, I think, to close out this year. Yeah, it'd be smart. He had a couple hard falls tonight, and – if that's not a flagrant two, I don't know what is because he was airborne. The guy, you know, just grabbed him. Seemed so, like a dangerous play. Yeah, but I have not been right. Sakakis and I don't see eye to eye. Yeah, I got my issues with Sakakis. 
All right, the Jazz lose uh, tonight to the Blazers, 127-115. to 115. With that, uh, we will say good night to our network stations. Our next broadcast is coming your way on Friday night. And the Milwaukee Bucks will be in town. Giannis, the Greek freak, that game will tip off at 7 o'clock. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll have some more postgame sound for you, and we'll continue to get Coach Lacombe's thoughts on this one next. You're listening to you. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Todd Jazz Basketball. The final horn has sounded. That'll do it. And it's time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim Lacoe. Jazz postgame, Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Uh, postgame is brought to you by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Uh, share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. Jazz fall tonight to the Blazers, 127-115. We'll get you some uh, sound from the players coming up here shortly when they are made available. Well, the Jazz got 40 points from Lowry Markinen tonight, his third game this year, uh, with at least 40 points. He had 12 boards, three assists. But from there, he needed a little help. Uh, the Jazz got uh, 12 from Kelly Olenek, 11 from Talon Horton-Tucker, and a nice game from Chris Dunn, again, coming in off the bench with uh, with 15. But it, they did not get the uh, the performance they got from Ochai the other night. Walker Kessler did not ha- have his best game, and uh, they didn't have enough for the Blazers. No, they didn't. It was, uh, again, cre- credit the Blazers. They played well. They shot the ball well. Uh, they did what they had to do. Uh, you know, the, you see, and Coach Hardy alluded to this, uh, but if Dame's going to get the line 14 times, you're going to have a hard time because uh, – He's, you know, he's really forcing the issue. He's only two for 10 from three, uh, but he kind of made up for that getting to the line and got his 30. Um, they got a, they got a really good effort. I, I think obviously their backs are against the wall, um, you know, with the playoffs as well. So it was a, uh, it was one that's a little bit surprising, but I totally agree with you. Lowry was fat, was fabulous. Only missed nine shots tonight to get 40. Uh, he continues to be just the uh, you know the picture of efficiency. Pretty special. Uh, not only that, but let's get to the um, Master of the Glass tonight. Brought to you by Safe Flight Auto Glass. Proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound Program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Flight will donate five dollars to a charitable organization for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. Tonight's Master of the Glass, Lowry Markinen. With uh, 12 rebounds, the Jazz as a team actually out rebounded Portland 47 to 43. Uh, but uh, both teams only had seven offensive rebounds, and the Jazz turned the ball over 17 times. So, uh, as uh, Coach Hardy said, that's probably not a recipe for a win. No, and that's something we've seen this year. Uh, turnovers have been an issue from time to time. Um, you know, they gave up 17 points off those turnovers, and then when everything else isn't going well, you're not really forcing the issue on the glass and uh, making all the hustle plays. Everything just kind of falls in. Uh, and that's what happened tonight. The Jazz just. A step slow, really. Uh, their energy was just a little bit down. Jazz shot 47.5% from the field. They were 11 of 35 from three, 31% on the other side. The Blazers, 48% from the field. They were 13 of 41, 32% uh, from three. So not 
a whole lot different. Uh, other than the Blazers did have 11 more attempts from the field than the Jazz did, and that could be a big part of the problem. Yeah, um, and the Jazz out-rebound the Trailblazers, but only by four, and you would think that that, the way the Jazz have been rebounding the basketball, particularly Walker with only five rebounds in twenty-five minutes or twenty-four minutes tonight. That's that's a little bit of an outlier. Was that an energy thing, or was that some Portland was doing? Because he just wasn't all that effective tonight. I felt like he was a he was a little bit tired from the beginning. Uh, yeah. looked good in warmups. I went down and saw a little bit early, but uh, during the game, just watching him, typically, you know, sprinting out in front of everybody, he just seemed to to not have that high gear. And you know, fatigue. It could absolutely be a thing coming down the stretch. Um, you and I have talked about this quite a bit, but uh, you obviously coming from the college coaching world. Um, I don't, I don't, you know, the rookie wall is a thing because these guys haven't played anywhere near this many games, not even close. Yeah. And you know, he, he hit that wall and, but, but I'm telling you, it's also, we got to remember he's a rookie, right. both he and Ochai and nights yep. like this happen for rookies. You, you have nights where you really make a lot of shots and the ball bounces to you. And nights like tonight where it doesn't. And I, I think we've seen more often than not that these guys are really stellar rookies, and this is a little bit more of an outlier. Ochai tonight, seven points, two of seven shooting, two of four from three, uh, three assists, three rebounds. Again, I, I mean, you know, two of seven, I suppose, is an ideal shooting from the field, but those aren't dreadful numbers. It just felt like he didn't have the juice that he had the other night against Sacramento. Yeah, and only four Jazz players total in double figures. So. Shooting the ball was a little bit tricky tonight. 31 from the field, uh, missed 10 free throws, so left some things out there uh, for sure. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, coming off those two games uh, and after having some time off, perhaps a little bit of an energy issue. They'll have to figure it out quick, and uh, they got an opportunity to get out on the, you know, to get the Milwaukee Bucks here and then get out on the road. I want to remind you about the Utah Jazz Most Valuable Educators presented by Instructure, the makers of Canvas. Throughout the season, the Jazz and Instructure will recognize 14 MVEs. Each one will receive a visit from Jazz Bear, $1,000 grant, a personalized jersey, and tickets to see a jazz game in a suite. Go to utahjazz.com slash MVE to nominate your favorite educator right now. Looking over at Jamil, we're still waiting on uh, players from the podium in the locker room. So with that, we'll we'll take a short break here and hopefully have uh, plenty of player sound for you coming up on the other side. Uh, Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own at my, uh, mysubaruwiz.com. Uh, Jazz lose tonight, 127-115. to 115. More straight ahead. You're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Running up. Score is printed. Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh my! Jazz postgame. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Postgame brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share markmillersubaru.com. Jazz come up short tonight against the Blazers, 127 to 115. Damian Lillard tonight led the way for the Blazers with 30 points. He had 12 assists, 7 rebounds, 8 of 19 shooting, 2 of 10 from 3, 12 of 14 from the free throw line. Dame only had two turnovers tonight. Uh, the Je- or excuse me, the Blazers <coughs> excuse me <coughs> swallowing down the wrong way over here, coach. 24 points from Sharp tonight. Nine rebounds for him and three assists. 21 for Watford. 
20 from Yusuf Nurkic, and then they got 11 from Reddish and 10 from Knox coming in off the bench. But, a, you know, a very balanced performance uh, from the Blazers tonight. I'm sure Damian Lillard is feeling better about tonight's game because he definitely has been frustrated during the six-game losing streak for the Blazers and not getting a whole lot of help. Well, he got some help tonight. He had a bunch of guys play well. And it wasn't, you know, uh, it was a little bit of everything. That, as, as we said, they did not shoot the ball well from three. Uh, Dame was only two for ten. Uh, but really, I think the difference in this game was the number of kind of confusion, defense, you know, mix-ups that led to easy baskets. And there were just a handful of them, really. Uh, but the Jazz, for the first time really in that zone, got turned around a little bit. And the rules got twisted. I think Portland came in prepared. Um, but... Yeah, you know, you look at the box score and you say Dame only goes two for ten from three. You think you had a pretty good chance, but it was everybody else. They have, uh, you know, all four or four other start, three other starters in double figures outside of Dame. Um, you get twenty four from Sharp, or like really good stuff. Really good stuff. I'm surprised. I, I tried to articulate this during the pregame show, but it feels to me like. The Blazers, hey, maybe they're not contenders for the title, but they've got more talent than 31 and 40. I mean, and they were missing some key guys tonight. Anthony Simons is is a great player. Jeremy Grant is a great player. I think you and I both like that acquisition for them in the offseason. You look at some of these other guys. uh, Sharp has a ton of potential. Uh, Nurkic is not a bad player, obviously. Watford played well tonight. I mean, it it feels to me like they are a better team a much better team than what they've shown this year. Totally agree. But I, I think we've said that, if I can remember right, for a couple of years in a row. It does feel like that. So, uh, again, I think tonight, you know, they, they were able to get enough stops with the Jazz and outscore them. Um, and the Jazz really shored up like the rim was a problem in the first half. The Jazz believe that they gave up 17 shots at the rim. Only one really a, a main mix-up in the second half. But the Jazz, uh, like I said, that – Portland came in and they had a couple different things that worked against that zone. It got the Jazz on their heels, and um, you know they were playing catch up the rest of the night and got there. I mean, they got all the way back and then couldn't get over the hump. No, and credit Portland for fighting it off. You know, this is an NBA game after all. Your you know big leads at the half rarely rarely stand for the entire second half, and Portland was able to stretch it back out to get a, a twelve point lead. But I actually don't think the final score was really. Indicative. I, this game was a lot closer than 127 to 115, in my opinion, even though before that the lead was at 15 earlier in the game. I thought the Jazz made Portland sweat a little bit more than maybe the final uh, score would indicate. Yeah, for sure. They came back and took the lead, right? Got over, got a one-point lead, and then uh, Portland went back on a big run, get up back 10, and then the Jazz just didn't have enough in the tank. Yeah, I, do. I keep getting back to it's just the, the margin for error, especially now after the trade deadline and, and battling injuries for the Jazz. They just need the whole team to play well to get wins, even against over the, uh, a team like the Blazers who are, are struggling. And I, I've made this comparison a few times tonight, but against Sacramento, everybody played well. There wasn't a player on the roster that we looked at and said, oh, he had a subpar game. Doak had the best game of his career. Ochai had the best game of his career. Fontecchio. Fontecchio was great. Walker was dominant. Not the case tonight. Markinen was dominant. There's no doubt. You can't uh, – 40 and 12, man, the, the man had a good game. But, I mean, even Kelly Olenek, you look at his uh, his box and you say, okay, 12 and 10, that's not bad for Kelly. 
maybe have to ignore the five turnovers. That's not really a great number. But he was missing for three quarters of this game. He he facilitated and played a little bit in the, better in the fourth quarter, but it was not nearly as good a game as he played against Sacramento, where he was just phenomenal. You know, Talon Horton-Tucker with, with 11, but Ochai was more or less non-existent, and, and the Jazz didn't get much coming in off the bench outside of Chris Dunn. So they they have to have everybody play well. Yeah, and especially, um, you know, tonight, really, it would have it taken a couple of more, you know, taken just one or two more guys. Um but yeah, we we know the story. It, it, but that's that's what makes you. It, it's maddening with basketball. Um, you have two games that are just off the chain stellar, and then you got to show up the next night and you got to do it again. And everybody has to do it again. And so uh, that's the challenge each and every night is that consistency. They did get to Arby's, however. We did score big with Arby's tonight. They got past 111. That means a free Arby's roast beef sandwich in the Jazz app for you tomorrow. I'm uh, I, I'm I'm loading it now. Good news, Jamil Arby's again for lunch tomorrow. <laughs> we got the thumbs up from Jamil. Uh, we love that promotion. So they uh, coach predicted they'd get to uh, to roast beef tonight, and they certainly did. Uh, let's uh, check now with the Chick Fil A foul shot review of the game. Download a whole new way to Chick Fil A earn rewards with the Chick Fil A One app. The Jazz from the line tonight, Coach Lacombe, were 26 of 36. The Blazers are 24 of 30. Wow, a lot of foul shots uh, tonight. Amazing. Uh, Markinen was 8 of 9. 8 of his 40 points came at the line. Olenek was uh, 8 of 8. But the Blazers, and Coach Hardy mentioned this during his postgame, 12 of 14 at the line for Damian Lillard as a team. They were 24 of 30. So, you know, we saw this from Carl Malone for years, right? You know, you're going to get 30 a night whether you shoot well or not because you're going to go to the line a dozen times. I mean, that. That helps. It, it, it extraordinary fills in the gaps. It does fill in the gaps, and it did for Damian. He didn't shoot the ball great tonight. Eight of nineteen, two of ten from three. But if you make twelve at the line, you're going to get your thirty points. So you're listening to your kid. You're driving home. You're listening. You can't just be a set shooter. You can't just be a three point shooter because you could go for two for ten, and that's not going to go over well. So you got to find those points somewhere else. Dame got to the line, found ways to get more, <clears throat> get to the line, and he. What do you find? 12, right? 12 of 14 from the line. So it's the way you do it. Man, he's turned into a crafty veteran. He's he's one of those guys, and he's still extraordinarily athletic, so don't get me wrong. But as he's aged a little bit, and now he's, what, 32, and maybe he's not one of the you know uh, top 10 most athletic guys in the league anymore, that he's just evolved. He's a cerebral player, uses his body, gets to the line, does all those things. Yeah, he's, he's a joy to watch, always has been, and, and love that his tie is to Utah. All right, let's go uh, down to the locker room now and hear from Walker Kessler. All night tonight, I guess, to what do you attribute that? Yeah, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, coach, coach is right. Um, you know, I can't speak for my teammates, but, you know, for me, um, you know, obviously I didn't play, play as well as I usually do on the defensive end. Um, in that zone, it's tough to, tough to blitz a guard and be able to, you know, cover backside and that role, man. Um, but, you know, it's an excuse. So for me personally, you know, it was, it was a it was a tough challenge. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to looking forward to playing against good Stam again um, to work on that. Um, but yeah, you know, just just tough. What was the issue in terms of allowing the ball into the middle of the floor? Mm-hmm. You know, um, when, when you have such a good you know off the dribble shooter like Dame, 
you know, like we're, we're told to blitz the screen, um, which is the right, you know, right call. It just, it's tough because that roll man has a, you know, he catches the ball in that high post and he has like a downhill, downhill lane. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, jabbing up that, meanwhile, you know, having that backside, um, backside guy cutting baseline. Um, so it's, you know, it's tough, but, um, you know, I didn't, didn't do as well as used to do, but, you know, it's, it's a long year and, you know, we're trying to, trying to stay positive and take it as a learning, a learning opportunity. We've been talking about you guys' ability to seemingly, like, be in every game, right? Like, whether you're down and coming back or you're up and lose the lead and then rally back from that. Like, it's an admirable trait, but it seems like it also can have the ability to catch up to you and, like, sap energy. Is that is that the case on a night like tonight? Uh, you know, I don't necessarily think it's a, you know, a sapping of energy or anything like that. Um, you know, we, we compete every night. Um you know, some nights you're not going to have it. You know, it's natural. Um, it's a long season, like I said, four and 82 games. Um, so we can't be, you know, perfect every game. But, um, you know, this one's definitely definitely disappointing. How, how much did the troubles with turnovers kind of compound being a step slower? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the more turnovers you have, the more fatigue you get trying to run back and go run for them. So, I, mean, I guess you can definitely, definitely attribute that. As to what do you attribute the extra turnovers right? Because it felt like you guys had kind of taken a step in the right direction in that regard mm. in recent games. Yeah, you know, I don't know if it's anything specific. I just think it just wasn't wasn't our night. That is Walker Kessler uh, from the locker room, and uh, Walker tonight not one of his better nights. Of course, we're we're used to on these post game shows, coach talking about how good Walker Kessler has been. He did have three blocks tonight, but eight points on four of six shooting and five rebounds. And maybe that five rebound number is the one that jumps off the page just because he's been rebounding so well lately. Yeah, he sounded a little bit discouraged. Uh, he did total total difference from the other night where he was joking and. Uh, and that's the way it goes. Uh, you, you have ups, you have downs, you play through them. And I think that that's what I've been most impressed with, uh, with mixed results. The Jazz always ready to go and have a tough night, still be able to go. Jazz fall tonight, 127 to 115 to the Blazers. We'll have more player sound for you coming up next. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own at MySubaruIs.com. More coming up next. You are listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Wow! The outcome is in the books. Let's get to the reaction. Hear from the coaches, the players, as well as the coach, Tim Lacombe. It's the Mark Miller Utah Jazz Postgame Show. Here's Jake Scott. Jazz Postgame, Jake Scott coach, Tim Lacombe. Postgame brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. Jazz fall to the Blazers tonight, 127 to 115. We'll let you hear from more players coming up here uh, momentarily as they are made available. But the story for the Jazz tonight, Lowry Markinen, 40 points, 12 rebounds. But he did get beat up a little bit, uh, Coach Lacombe. Uh, we heard Coach Hardy address it, and they're going to uh, – he, he said he was fine, wanted to play, did continue to play. But they're going to see what happens when, you know, kind of the adrenaline wears off and – Gets the chance to see what's going on, but uh, obviously he was he was favoring his left wrist, and you and I both thought he hit his head on that flagrant foul in the fourth. Yeah, I thought he reached back because he'd hit it. Um, it it's 
You don't. You never want to see that. But I thought all three of them tonight were like you know took your breath away. So hopefully he's okay. He's definitely gonna feel it. Um, you know, I I fell down the, the stairs this week with my grandkid. I feel it. He'll feel it. Well, fell down the stairs. Weren't you kind of like well, sledding down ride. the stairs? <laughs> I didn't want to sound too like too much of a pushover. Well, I'll tell you what. If they're gonna make a run at the playoffs or at the play-in. His health is going to matter. Yeah, they need him. Yeah, yeah. they sure do. Uh, speaking of Lowry Markkinen, let's get back downstairs and uh, hear from him at the podium. Lowry, tonight we saw you, you know, flexing your hand and kind of messing with that left hand. I know that it's been bothering you for a while. Is there any fear that that would make you miss time? I don't know. <laughs> uh, that... That much I can tell you. The X-ray was good, uh, clean. So uh, I don't know more about it yet, but we'll see how I feel tomorrow. And <clears throat> go from there. But yeah, like you said, it's been just getting hit for what month, whatever. So just seeing what you can play through, and uh, I think still, even though my wrist is hurting, I can do other things and. You don't really, <clears throat> once you get going, you don't really think about it, but then obviously dead balls and stuff, it just happens to hit again. But, yeah, I mean, we'll see. What's the, um, you know, when you guys are 72 games through a season, through an 82-game season, kind of playing almost every night, what's the physical toll like on your body and how do you guys deal with that, you know, manage, pain injury management-wise, you know, as the games keep coming? Uh, I've always said I don't think you feel 100% by the like first day of training camp. After that, you're not 100% during the season. Uh, there's stuff you can play through. and <clears throat> So at this point of the year, it's just kind of obviously we all, we're all working hard, but we got to be smart what we're doing at the facility on our days off. And we, we need to get working and learn from this game and Prepare for the next one, but at the same time, it's gonna. I'm sure it's gonna be a lot of film work and stuff because guys are getting it, taking a beating a little bit in the game. So you just got to do whatever you can at the facility, try to get ready for the next one. But a lot of mental preparing and learning, I'm sure. But you kind of learn how to treat your body, what works and what not, and so. Do you feel like that affected you at all in the fourth quarter? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. Maybe. I mean, I definitely didn't didn't want to <laughs> land on it again. I felt like one three at the corner I missed. It was just I could have drained it, but I felt like I had to look for a shot, and maybe I settled for that one. But other than that, I don't think it did. The the defense tonight. You know, you guys helped versus Jason Tatum in Boston, and it worked pretty well. And Lillard tonight less so. Kind of what was the biggest difference in your mind between those two performances? Yeah, they had a lot of points in the paint. Uh, we were trying to get it out of his hands. Uh, he did give it up pretty early, and then we were kind of in rotation. And obviously, sometimes he ends up getting it back. And uh, definitely got to do a better job of protecting the paint. And, uh, and we did again from three. I don't think they were they shoot thirty. 31%, so it's not – and, I mean, they made 13 three, so that's pretty good for us. But we got to protect the paint. Uh, you're, there's – especially, again, you play zone. There's some shots 
three three balls that you're going to give up, but and they're going to make some there, obviously, NBA players. So can't get down on ourselves on those, but I think just them driving and uh, getting us in the rotation. So that kind of thing. All right. Done. Well, thanks, Thank you. Amen. Oh, <laughs> Lowry Markinen, <clears throat> excuse me, big game from him, 40 points, 12 rebounds. And uh, what did you think about what he had to say right there, Coach Lacombe? Yeah, it's it's true. Um, you know, in that zone particularly, there are, there are things in every defense you're going to give up and you're going to be okay giving up. And man-to-man, we've seen obviously they don't want to give up threes, they don't want right. to foul, uh, and they don't want to give up anything in the paint. Uh, so the zone, the same type of deal, there's going to be shots you give up, but they can't be at the rim. And I think those direct line drives and the easy th- stuff at the rim tonight was really costly. Do you think we'll see him on Friday? My vote would be no, but man, he took some hard falls. Like he'll feel he that, did. and it's you know one day in between. So um, we'll see. I mean, I know he's really tough, but the wrist thing's the most concerning yeah. to me. Like he couldn't even get help getting up. So I just want to make sure. We so. even heard uh, we heard David talk about it after the flagrant. Uh, he thought that they'd have Lowry take the free throws and have somebody waiting right there by the scorers table and and go ahead and pull him out. Well, we saw the flagrant. You and I both said, okay. Well, we've seen. The, the last of Lowry tonight. And that, that wasn't the case. And, you know, he obviously is a competitor and he wants to play. I'm sure. I I don't know the inner workings of the this sort of thing with the Jazz, but I'm sure if um, if he wasn't a competitor and didn't care about playing and winning, that he probably would have the option to shut it down if he really wanted to. So probably says a lot about him as a player. No, I, that's one of the things I think I take from this season. He's We talk about his efficiency and how ba- how tough a matchup he is. But what's really won me over from day one is his toughness. He he is a far tougher kid than I then translated on film, watching him at Arizona and watching him in his early years in the league. That's a piece like he plays and he plays through a lot of stuff and he's tough. Uh, he knows the score. He's competitive. And so, uh, you know, he'll play if he can, I'm sure. But um, again, Jazz always do a great job of just protecting it. And, and really that is – that needs to be the priority, and I'm sure it is within the franchise. I'm sure there are a lot of fans oh, yeah, out there always. would would love to see him make a play in or or make the playoffs, you know, get that extra basketball. But uh, long term health is is far more important, and, and that's the reason I think they're being clar- uh, careful with Jordan Clarkson and Colin Sexton. And and in Jordan's case, uh, by the way, you know he's he's already proven a lot this year, and he's going into free agency. I'm sure the Jazz will be a bidder for his services next year and would like to see him healthy, but, you know, for his sake, uh, you know, going into free agency, it would not be great to push an injury or, or heaven forbid, you know, suffer a more severe one when, when the games aren't as important. Yeah, so it's, you know, hey, look, the tons of, tons of money invested in these guys and the, the best care you can get, uh, certainly – uh, a great staff, medical staff. So they'll they'll do all that they need to do, and we'll see him if he can play. I, I do believe that if he can play, he'll play. Uh, but my guess is three times going to the floor and the wrist being the concern. The wrist is the, the one, one, right? Yeah, yeah I, all the I, other stuff. I think you're totally right wrist, about yeah. that.
All right. Uh, the uh, Jazz fall tonight to the Blazers by the count of 127 to 115. Coming up next, we'll put a wrap on this one, and we'll get you ready for a Friday night showdown with the Bucks. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse, and each has a unique story to share. Read some. Share your own. MySubaruIs.com. More coming up next. You are listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Running up. The final box score is printed. Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh, my! Puts his shoulder done. Round ball robbery. Outlet to Scott Anderson. Lobs market in one hand. Catch it. Full flight and packs it. My goodness. He was given rights to take off. He went high in the air. He grabbed it with right hand while elevating. Went to cruising altitude and packed it. Flight marketing is airborne. The finisher. That is our dude, David Locke, and that is your... Play the game. Brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service, sales, and selection. LHMauto.com. Driven by you. Jazz Paul tonight. To the Blazers, 127 to 115 post game. Brought to you by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share markmillersubaru.com. Man, he's had some good dunks this year. That was that was spectacular. He went up high to get that, and then he kind of drug it, and then, as David said, packed it. Did you know that he uh, brought the – well, actually, so Will Hardy, you know, talked about Lowry's physical game, and he was talking about his injuries, actually. But did you know that Lowry was even close to this kind of physical player before he got here? No, I didn't. That's that's the piece that surprises me the most. Because he'll mix it up, throw his body around. And he's no beanpole. No. Like, not even close. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, substance. He has a lot of substance, and he's – I don't know. These are such cliches, right? But but he's he's way tougher than no, I no, thought. That's, absolutely. That's uh, if that's the one thing. If you were to quiz me, what's the thing that stands out to the most to you? I knew he could score. Um, I didn't know he was as efficient. You know, that's the part. And the other thing that's amazing about him, you don't have to run sets for him. He finds right. things. Right. He he knows the right cut from the forty-five or back cuts from the baseline. He's always in around those plays. But you don't have to run stuff for him. Uh, but it's his toughness, man. It's that's the part that has set him apart. And you know he's he's had nights where he's been knocked around pretty good, and you know shows back up and does it again. He's a better defender than I thought he would be, too. Totally agree with that. And uh, you know, hey, you know, we try to be realistic on this show. I I don't think he's going to make NBA All Defense anytime soon. Uh, but he's a much better. De- he's not a uh, he's not a net negative on the defensive side of the ball, or or really even close. What he's really learned to do well is he use his length. Um, you know, he gets those matchups with a, a smaller guy, and obviously his the smaller guy's advantage, the wing player's advantage, is to be able to kind of maneuver around Lowry. But he's been able to give enough space where uh, he can kind of get a head start to cut a guy off, but still has the length of. You know the the offensive player wants to step back, or he he certainly is long enough 
to recover and challenge mm-hmm. a shot. So I like the way he's using his, his length for to his advantage. Can't say enough about him tonight because he was amazing tonight, 40 and, uh, and 12. But the Jazz needed a little bit more from the supporting cast. <clears throat> if you're just jo- joining us, a little rundown of the stats. Uh, Jazz got another nice game from Chris Dunn off the bench. In 23 minutes, he had 15 points, 6 rebounds. Uh, and three assists, but uh, Kelly Olenek had 12, Taylor Horton Tucker had 11, and just uh, not a whole lot from there. Ochai was so good against the Kings, he was not great tonight, seven points on two of seven shooting, and Walker Kessler uh, was not as impactful as, as we've become accustomed to. Eight points, five boards, and uh, and three blocks from him. On the other side, if you want to know why Portland won, their, their whole team played well, uh, for the most part. I'm sure... Uh, Thibault would disagree as he probably didn't have the impact he was looking for with only six points. But the other four starters for the uh, the Blazers had over 20 points. Lillard had 30. Sharp had 24. Watford with 21. Nurkic with 20. Had nice games from Reddish and Knox coming in off the bench with 11 and 10 points respectively. So this is one of those games where the Jazz had one player who played well and the Blazers uh, had pretty much everybody who played well. Yeah, Dame got got a ton of support, and that's what he needed. Uh, Whereas it was the the Boston-Sacramento games, it was contributions from everywhere. And tonight, uh, everybody, you know, it was one of those nights where guys had a difficult time. I think... Chris Dunn got a little bit on a roll there and tried to get the Jazz some momentum coming back. But, you know, outside of Lowry, everybody else just struggled. They struggled with, uh, you know, different facets of the game, but particularly scoring. Man, sure like that Chris Dunn. Cannot believe. Well, I can't believe, actually. We talked to Mike a little bit about this. Some guys just need another chance, the right fit, whatever. But I, I can't believe he has not had an NBA home until the Jazz picked him up on a couple of 10 day deals. I mean,. DJ, we were talking to DJ, and he actually asked Will Hardy about this in the in the post game up here in the studio. But if he can keep his shooting where it is now, where or or even a slightly tick below, because he shot the ball so incredibly well, but if he can keep uh, keep his shooting where it's at, then he's not only going to be an NBA player, he's going to be an effective rotational NBA player. Yeah, and and that's again, you can't lose sight of all that. That's really the key to understanding what that is. So it's um. We know it's a journey. The whole season, as we talked about in the pre, these games have all been really good. And tonight, uh, you, you don't have the, your legs and energy every night, and you hope that maybe you can withstand it with some good shooting. Uh, tonight, nothing really. And then those energy plays that they, they've really counted on, you know, for extra possessions and things to get a lift just weren't, weren't happening for them tonight. All right, Coach, let's get a couple final thoughts from you on this one before we uh... – we turn the page. Well, I'm I'm trying to picture you with a ukulele and <laughs> a grass skirt because you are leaving me tomorrow. So uh, I will miss the next couple of games. Our guy JP is going to be nice enough to sign right. up for me. Um, I know it's going to be tough, you know, but you got to go support the wife through this in Hawaii and make sure that. This event goes well. I'm, it's going to be that. really hard. Yeah. And my support, uh, I'm going to be by the pool with the a beverage in a hand. Little. Yeah, maybe on the golf course. Okay. Well, we'll hold down the fort. I appreciate uh, it. Final thoughts, really, to me, a little bit surprised, but not really surprised. It's kind of how the nature of, of the NBA season goes. Jazz have a quick turnaround, play um, arguably the best team in the league, the team that I think we all kind of feel like deep down is going to probably the favorite to win in Milwaukee. Yeah. So They're my favorite. Yeah, me too. They're really good. 
You like Texas, too, in the NCAA. I'll keep watching that for you. Hey, I hope so. I'm going to watch a few of those games while I'm out of town as well. Cool. We'll have a blast. All right. Uh, we want to say a big thanks to everybody who had a role in the broadcast tonight. Thanks to Lock and Boone doing a great job uh, calling all of the action as always. We want to say my, uh, thanks to Mike Smith for dropping by during the pregame show. Thanks to our broadcast assistants. Appreciate their fine work. Thanks to Jamil Hawkins, executive producer of the Jazz Broadcast. Thanks to Mark Miller Subaru, the title sponsor of the postgame show and the uh, My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. Uh, it's uh, the Jazz fall tonight, 127 to 115 to the Blazers. Up next, as Coach mentioned, the Jazz will take on the Bucks on Friday night. Tip-off will be at 7. Pre-game begins at 6. You have been listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.